Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Reap the Spoils. This is a uh, gaming spoiler cast uh, where we take a game, we play it, and we spoil the hell out of it on this show. Uh, so, if you have not played the game that we're talking about, don't listen to this episode. Pause, go buy the game, or go download the game if you already have it bought, or go put the disc in your system, and play it, and then come back, and then listen to the show. I'm Mark Sullivan. I'm Delilah Lugo. I'm Jason Kwasnicki. Disregard what Mark just said. Um, we want we want those clicks, so please, if you haven't played the game, you can listen, but drink an entire bottle of Jack while you do. <laughs> So and you hopefully you might forget. <laughs> I dr- I drink to forget reap the spoils so I can play the game that reap the spoils talked about. Uh, it yeah, benefit, it benefits everybody. You have a fun night. I mean, you won't have a fun morning, but we get the clip. Don't don't do that. I do not condone uh, alcoholism. I absolutely do. Uh, Jason, what game are we talking about? We are talking about a little ditty called Control control (laughs) yo uh, so the first thing i want to bring up about control before we get into the history lesson uh control is like the most seo unfriendly name for a video game i i bet like anytime i needed to look something up like i uh, not because i got like stuck or just because i wanted to like learn something about the story or if i wanted to find out about how to find this one secret or whatever it was like Type in control and then, like, whatever it is you're looking for, and there's, like, a 50-50 chance you'll actually find something about the video game. <laughs> it was it, it was a nightmare trying to trying to search anything on Google for this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we're talking about control. Uh, I guess I'll start off with the history lesson. Are we ready? Yes. Tell us more. Okay, so uh, in 2017, uh, Remedy, who was a longtime publishing partner with Microsoft, uh, they developed Alan Wake, which was a, an, well, as far as consoles go, it was an Xbox 360 exclusive, uh, an Alan Wake DLC called American Nightmare, and Quantum Break, which released in 2016. Uh, both of those games were essentially Microsoft exclusives uh, in terms of consoles. Uh, that that publishing partner deal ended in 2017, and at the same time of that announcement, Remedy uh, announced that they were partnering with 505 Games to release P7, which was the code name for their new title. Um, that was later revealed uh, in, in, at Sony's E3, I think it was their pre-show 2018, or it might have been like they did like a five-day five countdown to their E3 press conference where they were announcing a game a day, and I think it might have been one of those. I kind of can't remember. But during Sony's E3 2018 events, uh, Control was officially announced. Um, but leading up to that, Control was developed within a three-year development cycle. Mm. Which is pretty good for modern semi AAA games, and also had a considerably lower budget than typical AAA games. Yeah, I don't want to call it an indie darling, but <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't like a God of War type situation, uh, a Horizon Zero Dawn type situation. None of no, nothing, nothing quite like that. Uh, Control was developed within three years, whereas I believe I saw Quantum Quantum Break took about five years uh, to develop. 
uh, another. Well, I mean, you also have to keep in mind Quantum Break had Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. So, well, Quantum Break was also probably, a different. Probably like half the budget. Quantum right Break there. was also a different situation because in 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 tie in in tied with the the game, they were also planning a whole TV show, uh, which yeah, I think made Finger. it into the. I don't know who that is, Jason. <laughs> Yo, you don't know who Littlefinger is? I didn't watch. Littlefinger sounds like the Littlefoot's brother from Day Before Time. Yo, man. You're giving a, a fucking history lesson here. You don't even know about Littlefinger. That, that has nothing to do with control. Anyway, that that legitimately probably was half their budget was getting Littlefinger in there. Anyway, he was the bad guy. I think I don't know. So, I didn't play the game. So development for Control actually began before Quantum Break released uh, in I believe April 2016. Uh, but this game was planned to have a more narrow narrative. They wanted to narrow down the narrative, but still have a deep amount of lore and story that could be found by the player. Uh, I think we'll get into that. That's pretty evident in the final product. Um, yes. And also of note, this game is like the first game with a nearly full implementation of all RTX features from modern graphics cards. And one of the first examples uh, of a game using ray tracing. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, like th- this game is a looker. I think. I think oh, totally. I think we'll get into the presentation as well. It's a, one a big thing I want to talk about. So that all being said, this game released with some subpar fanfare, unfortunately, uh, on August twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. And I say subpar fanfare, and I say unfortunately because. You know, recently we did an episode with our our games of the decade, and we talked about our favorite games of 2019. And there's two games I wish I had played in time for that episode. Uh, One is Untitled Goose Game, (laughs) and the other one is Control. Yeah. Because Control 100% would have made my list. Nice. Nice. Um, that's the end of the history lesson. I just want to, I just want to say real quick, if, if you're still listening and you haven't played this game, please go play it. I do not want to ruin this game for you. It was so good. I can't say I regret not playing it before 2019 because it definitely would have at the very least reached top 10 for 2019. Um, but playing it, I was like, holy fuck, like, no wonder it was nominated, because I didn't understand this whole time until I got my hands on it. I was like, oh, okay. It's, it makes sense why it was nominated for Game of the Year. And that's because, like, the, the, the marketing budget wasn't really that big. The budget for this game, like, it really, really was a considerably smaller budget than what Remedy's even put out in the past. And they didn't have Littlefinger. Oh I mean, <laughs> what, what was going to be their selling point? <laughs> It's also not something that you like watch and you're like, oh wow, that looks super interesting and cool because like, and we'll get into the setting. Like, it seems kind of like basic, like it's just a building. But then we can get into like the ray tracing and how that plays into making it actually a beautiful and interesting environment to explore. But you can't really appreciate that unless you're playing the game. I feel. Yeah, and it was so interesting because I would like I would tell like I would tell my girlfriend and be like, oh, I'm interested in playing this game. And she's like, oh, what's it about? And I was and I all like. I, I just answered like yeah. I, have, I have no idea. It just looks cool as shit. There's a yeah. jan- there's a janitor, and uh, <laughs> well, I didn't I even know about I the janitor. I just saw I, like oh, I don't you're... think I don't think the developers knew if he was Eastern European or Asian. Like no, the the intention was that he was uh oh crap that he was 
that he was like Eastern European. Yeah. Uh, I well, think he, I, I, think I think he, think the intention th- was that he was Finnish. Yeah, I think I think what they were going for was somebody who is like Indian or Pakistani who was born in Finland and was raised there. So he was like he had a mixture. I, I don't know. I I was just really confused. Well, but sp- continue. Of, speaking of Ati, why don't we just open open up the conversation? Let's talk about the beginning of the game. Walking into this empty building. And just Jesse talking to herself. This whole like monologue beforehand that even now at, at, after beating the game doesn't really make much sense to me. This whole tearing down the poster thing. But like going into this empty building, which looks gorgeous. Well, that's a Shawshank Redemption reference. Oh, okay. Well, that, that was totally lost on me. It's been a long time since I watched that movie. Um, but going upstairs and going into this hallway. I mean, she, she literally says it after oh, the credits. Come on. All right. Whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it still was lost on me. She she probably mentioned it, and I thought nothing of it. And I, I don't know. It's been a while, but <clears throat> yeah, going to this empty building, going upstairs, and going around these hallways until you find Ati, the janitor. And did, did like did this hit you guys as hard as it did me? Like realizing that the hallway just totally looped in on itself. It didn't hit me hard. I was just like, what the hell is even happening yeah, right now? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, I even went back and realized, no, this hallway just totally looped around and closed on me the other direction. Like, it, 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 the reason I want to bring this up is, like, what a way to, like, convey the tone right off the bat of just how trippy and weird and, and crazy the setting of the oldest house is uh, by, by having something like that happen right, right out the gate. Yeah. yeah. I to be quite frank with you, I didn't even notice. Like, this is the first time I'm really thinking I about knew, it and realizing. I knew Jason wasn't going to notice that. I knew it. You, look, this is it's prob- easy to overlook. This is probably a game best experience not in a sober state. <laughs> if you try to make any sense of anything, you're... Nah. Yeah. The game's confusing. I mean, We're going to try and make sense of it. It's not that I was even trying to, like, make sense of it. It just, like, it was totally trippy, and I was like, holy crap. Like, like that's how you that's how you start conveying your tone by doing something like that, that you either don't notice or you think you notice or you definitely do notice and, like, go back and check it out. Like, no, no, yeah, that game, the game just totally fucked with me there. Like, they yeah. totally just, like, looped around, and now I'm back where I started, but I'm I totally... Like, how did that happen? Yeah. And even when they introduce Ati, like, he's speaking gibberish, essentially. And she's kind of like, yeah, I'm into it. He's a good guy, you know? That's what the night shift does to you. I get it. Yeah, you're, um, you're, you're not here. worried about this guy. I'm, I'm here for an interview to be your fucking janitor's assistant. Totally. Yeah. That's definitely why I'm here. Yeah, he knows, like, everything. Yeah. Which is kind of typical of janitors. Like, I, I used to work in a, in a shelter, and, like, a little side note, like, the janitor knew where everything was, knew the inner workings of even the, like, managers and shit like that. So, that, that's not, it's not too much of a surprise there. They have the keys to everything, thank, you know? Thank goodness for all of the Ati's in the world. Yeah. But yeah, and I, I, part of part of the whole of the whole tone and how it was conveyed, um, something that kept running through my mind, and I, I saw this around um, when I was looking at discussions for this game. I don't feel that this game is a horror game. No, no. 
All right, I just wanted to know like how you guys felt about that. I I feel like this tonally, is a straight up action. This is an action game, and I think tonally it has like horror elements. It tries yes. to have like some sort of horror tone to it, but it's not a horror game. No, um, it I, has the, the. I I guess you should it would, you could call it the lore of the game has paranormal elements because that's essentially so just to i believe they refer to it as paranatural paranatural yeah just to preface what we're talking about um the game revolves around and this is where it gets the title this bureau of control Mm -hmm. that's the building you're entering is the headquarters for it and it's kind of the aesthetic is this uh stereotypical 1950s g-man uh look where it, it's kind it's of like what if the FBI, right it what if the fbi investigated it's kind of like a cooler version of the x-files basically yeah and the paranatural force which is the main enemy is the hiss and they they're essentially like different forms of zombies and i'm not trying to minimize them at all but yeah like the whole hiss thing was like i feel like they didn't delve into it nearly enough um it's seemingly just like this this infecting force from the astral plane and it just like corrupts people but i don't we don't really understand i feel like maybe we that's don't even part of... know like what the astral plane is or what uh, i mean that part kind of that part i can suspend my out. that part i can suspend my disbelief on but this I whole guess. thing I, I guess maybe the intention is that like they they don't even know and they're in the middle of researching it but they they don't even know themselves so like maybe that's how we're supposed to take that but right. like so the premise, I, I guess, again, I expected again, to learn more. Um, again, just for the audience, the who may not have understood when playing the game, the premise is that this evil force has come out of this astral plane that has been discovered by the Bureau of Control and has infected. Well, I suppose. I suppose and, we can just. Uh, part of that, we could just jump ahead to discuss the ending of the game. Um. Because it's a big part of the ending, it's not. It's not that the hiss just like went ahead, and this is where the whole ending of the game, like ties up three different plot lines in like all kind of a jumbled rapid succession. Um, and the bit that we're supposed to take away with about how the hiss got into the oldest house, uh, was that Zachariah Trench, the former director, uh, got corrupted himself during one of the expeditions, and was like, okay, I'm going to use the, the the slide projector to let the hiss in and corrupt the building, and that's that's how it all went down. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I feel about that because we, we were instructed by Trench throughout the entire game, almost through the, uh, through the hotline, him giving, like, insight about people and people in the, in the, the bureau, uh, him giving insight on insight on the oldest house itself, giving insight on the board, giving insight on the astral plane. Like you'd think that would come up, or we would get some sort of idea that Trench was kind of a bad guy all along. Right. Yeah, there's no sense if he was a bad guy all along, or if he just turned bad with his obsession with this research. And and. Or if the paranatural force somehow made him 
like lose control of himself. Right. And maybe maybe after he died, he regained his consciousness, kind of regained control because the, the idea is the hotline's letting you communicate with him on the other side or whatever. Um, how, however that works, communicate with him through the astral plane. So maybe he got cleansed in death. I, I don't really know, but you'd think he'd give a warning or an explanation or something. Uh, I guess that's something that we can, uh, again, suspend our disbelief on. It, it seems well, like a bit of a hole at that there. Point, it's, at that point, it's not even suspension of disbelief. It's, it's that the plot as thin as it was is lacking a solid antagonist because again like you said trench kind of is just presented as almost the um the the guardian figure for a good chunk of the game yeah i guess and you you think it's you think for a lot of it it's your your brother at least you learn you know that your brother has been corrupted or or whatnot like around halfway through but he's not really the antagonist either, and the hiss is really just this androgynous thing. So there's no like. I guess they're all tertiary antagonist. Like, like none of them is like a main antagonist. But if you take Trench, he's a third of the of the antagonistic force. Dylan's the other third, or <clears throat> another third, and then the hiss is that last third. Yeah, I really, I really don't understand. I feel like you never really understand any of their motives. Other than the hiss just wants to well, that, uh, the, take over shit. The hiss is what has the motive, I guess. But that's the thing. Like, we don't really understand the hiss and why. Yeah, like, why they want to attack. We don't it's We just... don't know. We don't know why they're attacking and at so, all. And I guess something I'll, uh, I, I was going to get into later, but I can just go ahead and say it now or, or note it now. Um, there are two major dlc expansions that have yet to come one's coming in march and the others to be to be decided to be determined uh called the foundation and awe which stands for altered world event uh assumedly um i don't know i'm gonna be playing these i don't know if you guys are but probably not maybe we'll get some answers in those maybe if it comes like for free on ps plus but (laughs) I sold the game after I platinumed it. Not because yeah. I didn't like it. I just I don't, I'm not a DLC person. That's, it's very rare that I'll play DLC. And, and that's I know I know that's how you you cycle through to get new games and stuff. So yeah, I, I that was my that. that was my I assumption. Heard, <laughs> I heard uh, I heard one of the objects of power in the new DLC is going to be some horse armor. <laughs> God damn it. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe we'll get some answers about the hiss in one of those. Uh, or maybe it's something that we can expect in a, in a sequel if we get a sequel. Uh, personally, I wouldn't mind one. But, yeah, so I, I kind of alluded to... Oh, sorry, Delilah, did you want to say something else? No, I was just going to say the only thing we know about the Hiss is they take different forms within the with the employees in the Federation of Bureau. Like, some of the Hiss are just kind of floating in the air, like, m- murmuring random things. Uh, whispering, if you will. Some of them are like have combat history, like these were security guards in the past, or you know whatever, and so they're able to like fight back. And it, like they they all take different forms, and that's all we know about them. We don't know why they want to attack, and and like what their motives are, like you said. That's actually which something... is why it was hard to pin who the actual villain was. And that's which something... is fine. Something I, I want to make a quick note of was. The enemy variety in this game was like 
super varied if your documents were any were any indication. But that being said, most of the time, like I couldn't differentiate what I was fighting. Well, the, you're right in that the like I was I was noticing they did have a lot of uh, variation in how enemies were attacking you and what were the best ways to counter them. I think I think I would agree with what you just said, Mark, because so much shit is going on on screen. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times you just like at, at one point I had upgraded it so much and became so reliant on using my uh what would you call it? The, it's called the launch. It's called, yeah, it's called launch. <laughs> but you just call it like telekinesis. Your telekinesis, uh, yeah. Yeah, telekinesis. I was just fucking grabbing everything and throwing it around <laughs> yeah. everywhere. <laughs> and like, yeah. So it, at, at one point, it just becomes too too much of a clusterfuck to really differentiate. Yeah. Um, but they do. I think from a design perspective, they did do a good job of of switching it up. And there were parts segments where. Um, you really had to switch. Like, there was one enemy in specific that they were literal like zombies. They almost looked like the molded from Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. Um, and and with those, because they would constantly spawn as you were fighting them and form these giant mobs, and they had ranged attack. You mm-hmm. had to be, which was really powerful. You had to be really careful. Yeah. Uh, they weren't they weren't like the other hiss that kind of took ran around, took cover and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So I think they they did do a good job with at least varying up the antag yeah there were, or mean, the enemies. There were areas that would have like new enemy types that are unco- more uncommon. You wouldn't fight in a normal situation. Most normal situations though would have like the same enemy types, and there would be like five different enemy types. But I guess I just killed. There was so much going on, like you said, and I guess I just killed a lot of them so fast at a certain point that it just kind of became a non-issue. Uh, the only right. time it got really annoying. Was like if I'd accept a, a countermeasure. Oh yeah, I was just gonna yeah. say be that. Like kill three hiss rangers. I'm like I I don't know what a hiss ranger is. I just yeah. like, and then I randomly I randomly go fight a mob and it, uh, I see like a, some progress go towards that countermeasure. I'm like oh good, I killed one. Sweet. Let me just hope another yeah. two come up somewhere. <laughs> but I have no idea where to look. I have no idea what they look like. I just, like, there's select enemy types that I actually can differentiate from. But there were so many enemy types and so many of them felt samey to me that it's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I couldn't differentiate between, like, the different armored ones or the dif- different flying ones, yeah. except the one in the chair, until I looked at my documents and was able to see that the different types of armor that they had. Um, and that I only really did that when, when I got the Federal Bureau alerts. Otherwise, I didn't really try and pay attention to that because I fought them the same way. Yeah. But anyway, I want to go back to uh, our, our discussion of the ending. Um, so like the whole, the whole thing with trench was like one of the subplots that gets closed. Another one is, is the whole thing with Polaris and you find out that the Hedron that, um, that darling found is Polaris and Polaris was leading you to the oldest house. And then ultimately when you're trying to stop the hiss from attacking Polaris, the hiss wind up destroying Polaris. So can we pause here real quick? Mm -hmm. So Polaris during the entirety of the game, and I, I actually thought this was, something cool until i realized i was wrong and it was completely irrelevant i was assuming for the majority of the game that polaris was just a name she was giving you and mm-hmm. you like you were like that that's where the title control came from is that it was just polaris was just a reference for the player and yeah. that 
Jesse, through the main character Jesse, throughout the entire game is literally talking to you well, when she's talking to Polaris. Real quick. But then it, it it turns out that Polaris is just like an a some sort of opposing force to the hiss, and it's not really explained what it is. So like, what what the fuck? Why do I care? Like, I thought it was an ob- her object of power. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't really know yeah. what to fucking think of it. I just thought, oh, th- I, this whole thing happened in ordinary. Now you have a voice in your head talking to you. Which, That's interesting. But like, which is another thing. Like we we've so we we know from pretty early on, there's this um, AWE altered world event that happens in this play, this town of ordinary where Jesse and her brother uh, in Wisconsin go cheeseheads. <laughs> What 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 was I don't even fucking remember the brother's name now. It was beginning with a D. Dylan. Dylan. Yeah. Her brother Dylan, who she's looking for, um are being chased by the the FBC, the Bureau of Control. Um he, Dylan gets captured, she doesn't, so she's been searching her whole life for him. Uh and it's other than us knowing that it's an AWE caused by this altered item, this film projector. Object, object of power. Yeah, this object of power. We never really find out much about it or how. It, well, is, we, it, I, I think we're told all we need to know. Uh, it it opens portals to other dimensions. I, I guess. I guess. But my. I guess my bigger issue is that like. I don't. I don't know. We don't really get much. There's. Uh, we don't get much character development out of it. No. Like Jesse is Jesse is literally just a block of wood that walks around the entire game. I yeah, but I th- I think that she didn't need to like she was a focused character that didn't have much personality. But I didn't think she necessarily needed to have much personality. She the just problem, the she, problem is like aside from maybe Ati, nobody has any personality. Actually, that's not true. Dylan, Dylan, but Dylan is cre- just crazy. Hey, wait, 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 Dylan's wait, just crazy. Wait, wait, wait. You cannot tell me this game has characters that have no personality when Dr. Casper Darling is present in this video game. And he's somebody I wish I got more out of. Like, I felt like he was the most, one of the more interesting characters, and I felt like they they didn't speak to him, speak about him enough. Did you watch, like, most of the, the, like, the the slide shows that he appeared in? I did. You're talking about the videos where he just, like, gets all horny. He explains the lore. Dude. <laughs> yeah, but like I, I shouldn't have to stand in a room while I'm going through the game and watch like a. But that's fucking, like the like, whole ex- thing is like that's like ex- that's like exposition dumps over and over again. I don't know because that's what I I, I don't I don't agree with that. But like that's like the whole I mean, that's, thing. That's that's just that's just objectively what it is. It's exposition dump. It's like the worst kind of writing. But like. What happened to him? Like he was the head of research. He was the main scientist for for researching this paranatural phenomena. What happened to him? Well, like, became, did I miss that? He became obsessed with this. Is part of this is part of the whole Hedron being Polaris point, actually. So it's a good thing we're talking about this. He became obsessed um, with researching these objects of power, the altered items, et cetera, et cetera. He became obsessed, especially with the slide projector because the slide projector opened or could open portals to other dimensions, including the astral plane. And 
part of why he became so obsessed with the slide projector as this object of power was he only had the one slide because Jesse destroyed all the other ones and he was obsessed with learning more about it, but he couldn't really do that because he didn't have the other slides because Jesse never like one of the, one of the, it, it was so interesting if you watched like all the videos that have him in them as primarily the story ones, like, Part of why I liked his character so much was because I watched all the all the the slideshows that he'd appeared in, um, and I started to like his character a lot. And you get to see more of that progression towards like going crazy um, by the, by the end. Okay, and, like, maybe one of maybe the it's notes because I hit the buttons and walked away every time because yeah, I just want I, I, I just wanted to get like the note that I archived it for trophies or whatever. See, I and. and <laughs> And I disagree that you that you say this is like the worst kind of writing because you didn't have to watch any of that. You could still if you if you skipped all those notes, if you skipped all those um, projector shows, if you skipped all that, you'd still get the basic gist of the story. But I was so interested in watching all that stuff and reading every note I came across that I became so engrossed in that story, in that lore. And then by the end, seeing him kind of fall apart the way he does was all the more powerful. There was one note towards the end specifically where he where he was talking about the slide projector and how he had no notes or no other slides to use. And like the last line was, why'd that damn kid have to go and destroy the rest of those slides? And so, like I'll, I actually oh, thought no it's okay I, I just want to finish that point I guess um th- I actually thought that he was going to wind up becoming the main villain. Mm-hmm. It was totally going to be I like so he had too. gone crazy, gotten corrupted and like his obsession with learning more about all this stuff got the better of him. And I I'm, I'm it, it didn't turn out that way. I I I do still overall like what we got. I I don't know that one is better than the other but that was my expectation, um, and it was, and his character was super well delivered. And this all led to him like he discovered Hedron, and mm-hmm. Hedron is what's repelling the hiss away. He made the HRAs, the Hedron resonance amplifiers, to prevent the hiss from corrupting people. Like this was all part of his research, and mm-hmm. turns out Hedron was Polaris all along. And, yeah, and then Polaris gets destroyed anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so I'll make so I'll make this critique then because uh, I'll be just to counter myself, like like I said, I didn't like stand and watch them, yeah, because he just started talking about like some concept, so I assumed it was just the game's way of explaining to you what shit was without having to actually explain th- it in the progress well, that, of the story. That's the thing. Hold on, hold like, on. Okay, hold on. So I didn't actually watch them all the way through. Okay. So because of that, I didn't get that impression of that character growth like you did. Mm-hmm. And you very well may be completely right. And I'm maybe wrong. And he may be a fascinating character because of that. The way I see that and the way I see this game in general, I fucking love the setting of this game. It's so intriguing to me. It's, the equivalent of the way I felt about playing Destiny, back, the original Destiny, mm-hmm. in that I fucking love the world and the concepts and all the potential behind it. But all of that shit and all of the deep lore and myth- mythos was locked behind these fucking... Uh, the Grimoire cards. The Grimoire cards. Yeah. Whereas, like, here, I-, I felt like that was the same way. All that lore and potential and mythos is locked in... So files that you picked up and I that those videos were the same thing. So I skipped them. If they had sequenced out like a few cutscenes where Jesse walks up and you and you actually watch Jesse looking at 
these screens to indicate to you that this is something important beyond just like explaining that, oh, this is some research they were doing, then like I felt that that would have been better. That would be my critique. So my counterpoint to that is this is exactly what they wanted, though, because the, the main narrative overall comes across. The main narrative is Jesse's search for Dylan. And you get your base, you get your like surface level explanation for everything you need to know th- by playing the game. But these other, the, these these projector shows, these notes, they let you dig deeper if you want to find them and dig deeper. It's it's like Dark Souls the, in that but, regard. But the problem the problem is is that that main narrative is one of the weakest parts of the game because it's it's literally just a plot. There's no story. There's no character arc. Jesse doesn't have a character arc. Dylan and I will I will say arc. like even if you did read the notes or watch the projectors, it probably leaves you with more questions than answers. Yeah. Like I'll I- agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a- to be fair, to be fair to the game, it's like implied that Jesse had a troubled life, and there's like you can hear her towards the end having memories of like being in a in a um, psychiatrist room and like talking about a poem or something. But like it, none of it's ever explained enough where you really get a grasp of like any personal growth or development that Jesse's having. I don't know. Personally, I don't know that everything needs to be overly explained. And like, but it's not even being, overly, I'm, I'm not even talking about the lore. I'm just talking about with the character being, being left with more questions and led to, or, or left to draw your own conclusions. I don't necessarily see as a bad thing all the time. And I think this game personally, I think this game handled it really well. Um, I think the notes that, led me with lots of and not not all the notes tie into the lore not all the notes tie into the um the main story and the main the main things that appear in the story the you know hras altered items although pretty much any note that had to do with like an altered item that's completely um like not part of the story not even part of a side quest just learning about random ass altered items was also totally fucking cool yeah like just learning about these like a fucking uh, this was part of a side quest but learning about a rubber duck that just like (laughs) teleports around and shit it was just fascinating and then actually it was a total surprise to actually experience that in a side quest just learning about stupid stuff like that learning about like the dead letters which are just like letters that were that described weird things or or just sounded crazy but like they confiscated because they thought maybe it had something to do with something in the world uh, like learning about that was fascinating even just learning about like a random book club meeting that happened at the at the at the bureau there you could I, don't, find, I don't remember that there were there were some notes you could find and some of them were pretty well hidden but like there were some notes you could find that were just like people's notes that they wrote like like we're doing now where we we like for this game how we wrote some notes down and mm. we're here talking about it they wrote notes down about a book they all read and you find like four or five different people different people's like different thoughts about this book that they all read and it's just like totally interesting to find shit like that and read about a lot of the notes were very supplementary and just like told many little subplots that are completely irrelevant but like i really really liked that about it and i really liked the stuff that gave you more context about things that you needed to know in the game but you didn't necessarily need all that you could like jason you were fine to not watch all that all those darling videos you didn't need to do that but i think there's a lot to his character and all of it is told in those videos 
Yeah, like how he was trying to have Emily and that other chick that chills in the mold area under the central research. He was trying to have an orgy with them. (laughs) I mean, they didn't say that, but he was just like, oh, you guys should meet and we should all have lunch together. So I'll I'll summarize. I'll summarize it as this. Like, I I agree in that I loved the setting um, and I loved the potential of it. It's just that. The plot, the main plot of this game is super thin and there's no character that actually draws me in and And, makes me care about what's going on. And that is kind of what at least the part about it being thin like that from like, well, like I said in the history, like with this game, their intention was to have a more narrow narrative and they they accomplished that, I I would say. Yeah. Um, But it's dripping in lore if you go searching for it. If you're interested in it, it's there. I I, I can agree with that, yeah. What what makes... And I I can understand what you're saying, Jason. Why Jessie? Like, what's so important about her? And really, the only thing is, like, she's essentially a conduit to this... To the, the, the biggest object of power, the most important one. And she has, like, what I would interpret as psychic weak, psychic strength, whereas other people that are consumed by the hiss are weak. It's like a, like a weird thing, it's just but like. like plot, it's just like a plot convenience, kind of. Kind of, yeah. She's a conduit, like, for the yeah. plot and also for this power, I think. But I mean. Uh, again, like Mark said, like there definitely is depth to it if you want it, but I feel like you still need to have something solid, like something something small, something just to make it interesting. I don't I, like. I just found it weird. It, there's a in the end before you get to the actual ending, you're transported to this part. Mark mentioned it earlier where the hiss temporarily like takes over your mind, and you're. And you go through this weird, oh, like you think it's the, uh, like after after yeah. the fake credit sequence. Yeah, you think it's Yo. the credits, and then and then you and then it comes to Jesse, and she's like dressed in like Wait, office can attire. We, can we talk about like real quick? Can we just talk about like I thought the game was over, and I was like, oh. Yeah, that's so kind of, and then like I started seeing the text. All, I like looked at my phone. I started like looking up things to read about the ending. I looked back up at the TV, and all the text started to blend together and be warped and stuff. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, it's not over. This is this is still happening." <laughs> like, but when we, but when you got to that point where it's just Jesse, and it seems that the office is entirely normal, and it's just like your mission all of a sudden just becomes like clean up everybody's coffee mugs, yeah. deliver everybody's mail. I was like. Wait a minute, is this just trying to imply that all that shit was just a daydream and yeah. Jesse's Because I, I thought that would have actually been a fucking better ending, quite frankly. Really? Like, uh. to, for this crazy, ridiculous, like, uh, just nonsensical and like she has she has the flu and still went into work and she's just having some wild fever dream not even not, <laughs> even, not even that she has the flu necessarily that's just she fucking hates her job it fucking mm-hmm. sucks she's daydreaming about fucking killing everybody <laughs> at work with i think that would be that would be a good movie ending that would be a fucking terrible video game ending yeah i don't know but i i'm all, all I'm saying is that, like, I, I, I didn't feel any connection to uh, to the main character, and I felt like that was an issue. I don't know. I, I, I personally, I thought Jesse was good. I thought she didn't have much personality, but I didn't think I, th- I, I don't think she needed to 
she was kind of more of like a, a means to an end for the player, but she did have enough personality that I liked her. Like sometimes she yeah. she would say like some snide comment about a character she's talking to in her head, and I laughed at that from time to time. Or she would talk to like someone like Emily. She had pretty good chemistry with. Um, I, I I thought she was fine. I I do agree that she didn't have much personality, but I was okay with it. Her facial expressions—they were just like the same the whole time. Yeah, like she didn't. Yeah, she wasn't very uh, facially expressive. I guess maybe put that on the the actress that portrayed her. Um, but I I still I again I still I thought that was purposeful, and yeah. if so, that's not easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, and and to sum up that last that last point Polaris kind of helps her come back to her senses and that ties up that plot line. And she goes and finds the slide projector and enters the astral plane and cleanses Dylan, which is probably like he was trying to take, or the hiss were trying to take over the board using him. He falls into a coma. Jesse accepts role as director game ends. That's kind of all of our plot lines summed up. Yeah, and see, had Polar had my theory been correct from the beginning, and had Polaris been um, a what's the word I'm looking for? H- had it just been simply a, a name given to the player character, essentially, and I think had it been a, had it been a player insert, that would have been a fucking fantastic yeah. ending, and it would have helped plug in a lot of the criticisms I have. I was I was gonna say this earlier, but you were in the middle of your of your rant about that. But Delilah, you know how you usually like say something that I, that makes me go ooh. Yeah, yeah. Jason, Jason got that on this. Oh, episode. he got that, that moment. Was, yeah, I, I <laughs> that would have blown my fucking mind from a, from a design <laughs> perspective. That that would have been so fucking cool. I, I'm not disappointed with what we got, but man, if they pulled some shit like that. That that would have, I would have reached peak, peak yeah. mark. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't, I I was pretty happy. Sorry, Delilah, what what did? No, I just want to make a quick note. I think throughout the whole game, I was reading characters like, "Are you the bad guy? Are you on my <laughs> side? Do you know something I don't know?" And that's what kept me intrigued the whole time, just trying to figure out who it was. And I think in the end, it was like really nobody. So I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess everyone's kind of fine." Yeah, like the, the, um, like I said, so... <laughs> the, main, the main primary villain is is just the hiss. Whatever yeah. they may be, whatever that might be, whatever controls that like that is the main enemy and they infect other people and turn them into like sub enemies. And that would be like Dylan and trench that ultimately became sub antagonists through the hiss or because I, of the hiss. I thought Ati might become the bad guy. Yo, I be was like, so worried. Ati be was like, gonna become a I bad clean guy, up your no. shit all the time. Now I'm going to make <laughs> a shit in evil di- anti-dimensional fucking infection and infect you with it. But yeah, like that, that's, Oh God, that's so stop it. Um, yeah, that's, like, the whole other thing. It's, like, who the fuck is Ati? Like, he's a great character. I, I really enjoyed his presence. I really enjoyed any any screen time with him. But, like, who the hell is he? I thought it was a cool touch the way you have to get his um his uh, fucking old Walkman yeah, his cassette, to, his to make the way player. to the maze. And you that actually is, like, the, the background music plays during that sequence. That was a cool sequence. The fucking, uh, yeah, can we talk about that heavy-ass metal song that played during the, the, the maze sequence? 
That was an awesome song for a I, cool I, action. I actually thought yeah. it was so generic I and not was, metal. I thought it was really something. Yeah. <laughs> I was like I was like getting I was getting like um the game awards uh twenty eighteen vibes where they had like that live performance of Devil Trigger from like DMC five. Oh god. It's like, oh, this is some cringy metal music that's playing right now that has like probably the word control in the lyrics and I'm I'm fighting dudes to this. This is this is something else. I don't, I don't know if like I don't know if it had control. I think it was, it was something like it was something the lyrics about were, Norse it was something about like Norse mythology, wasn't the, it? The lyrics were in remember. some from what I remember, the lyrics were in some regard somehow related to the theme of the game. And I don't know. Personally, I don't like when I'm playing a game and like music comes in that has like lyrics. There's mm-hmm. not many times where I like that. Like Death Stranding? No, because that's like actual. No, 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 no. Because that's low roar. Low roar. Oh, awesome oh, oh, oh. It, it depends on the song. It depends on how it's implemented into the game. I, and also, dur- during Death Stranding, it didn't quiet moments. Same thing with Red Dead Redemption. I also. Poking fun. I also, I know. in general, don't really like metal. I think metal is like. First of all, that was not metal in control. I'm just was, throwing that out what, there what as it? a metalhead. No, no, no that wasn't. That? That's why. Was that hard why... rock? then yeah the, hard rock yeah it's more hard rock i like, don't me- like i don't metal like hard be, rock i don't like metal i mean i i like that's fine like the doom soundtrack maybe or, i'm or, maybe i'm mis- no that's like more industrial um like, yeah, but it, industrial is a subgenre of metal not necessarily but uh, this is not a music podcast yes <laughs> point is that song was cringy as hell but that that whole sequence was pretty was pretty cool um, yes. The, the, Maybe it was just because I was into the sequence that I was into the music. I don't know. And it's so funny because like I I went I went tried to go through the ashtray maze like three times before Me too. Were actually supposed to, and I thought I was like missing something. Me too. Turns out I was missing my fucking Sony Walkman. Yep. Helped me get through that whole thing. Yeah, it was a cool trippy sequence. Yeah. Uh, I put in our notes like Emily Pope, Simon Arish, uh, Helen Marshall. All they were all like side or not side characters, but like minor characters through the story. I don't I don't know if there's much we want to say about them. Emily Pope I mean, was probably the one we saw the most, and she was cool. She was an interesting character. Marshall and, Ar- and Arish weren't really that interesting. I don't think any of them are interesting or really important enough. So mm. the them, only them yeah like. They're just kind of like, all right, go here and get this info from this person. Bye. Yeah. The only one that was kind of funny, I forget his name. The one that was uh, right above where the mo- the moss are. Um, oh my god, he was just like, well, this is my job. Gotta do it. Gotta keep these altered items contained or objects of power contained. Like that. That's what I get paid to do. That's it. Like, there's nothing more to it. Oh my god, what was it? He had like a weird face. Fuck, I'm sorry. I'm forgetting his I'm name. I'm trying to remember who you're talking about, too. He's the one that gave you the missions in the containment center to take... Oh! Uh, to... Yes. I totally forget what his name was, too. <laughs> but he mm-hmm. was he was a weird dude. But he was funny. He was... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. He was probably the most interesting... Funny, he's the most interesting uh, character of all those, like, sub-characters. And he's the one that I don't remember his name and didn't put it down in the notes. Probably. Yeah. 
my favorite one, and he, I don't think he was even a named character, is that one guy you come across, and he has to like sit in the room and stare at a refrigerator without yeah. blinking. Oh yeah, he's like he's like not allowed to so blink. Bad. His I forget entire shift. I forget his I never, name never, too, but I never did the side quest, and I felt bad about it. Oh, oh you did. Oh man. <laughs> That was a that was a tough side quest too because that was one of the ones that actually had a boss involved, and uh, it, we, like if once you go into confront the fridge or whatever, you get teleported into the astral plane and have to fight this boss. And I, I guess this is a good throughput to talk about boss fights, because uh, Del- Delilah and I got the plat, so we fought all the boss fights. Um, but even some of the ones that were in the game proper, like they were tough. Yeah, some How of fucking got... yeah. Like this game I mean, did not have you... difficulty options, but it was a tough game. You had to so master that's the mechanics. Thing. Yeah. I was going to say like the whole game, the combat's excellent. Like you're basically switching between your psychic ability and your your different forms of your gun. It's what was it called? The service weapon. Service weapon. Um yeah. And th- that was all great, but you never really had to be strategic about the combat until the very end when you're fighting in that red filter, um, trying to uh, save Dylan See, from the hiss. Personally, I felt that I had to be strategic in every, like in almost every combat scenario, except that one. Yeah, me too. I, I felt like I was so OP at that point because I I leveled up so much. Yeah, and I had like really good mods and stuff. Um, and Maybe. I was like, I basically had almost infinite telekinesis, so I was just throwing everybody around. And maybe it's because huh. as I was going, I like I also I did like all the side quests and all those optional boss fights and everything. As I was going, I didn't wait till the end to do that. So like. I struggled through most of all those boss fights and through a lot of side missions. And then I, yeah, like Jason said, like by the time I reached that last part, I was so leveled up. I, my, my skill tree or, or all my skills were like maxed out and they did like some weird scaling thing where I think they like upped the level of all the enemies in that area, but they also upped your ability to like do damage to them. And yeah, just, some of them you could like one shot. It just felt like an astral plane fun zone. Like I was just like, uh, yeah, I was just nailing dudes like no problem. Yeah, I had I had a lot of frame rate dips in that part. Yeah, because because you were just like slaughtering yeah. so many enemies at once, <laughs> the whole game would be like, oh my I mean, god. Maybe it wouldn't have bothered me so much if the filter wasn't so red and the shields of the enemies weren't so red. And I have really bad vision. So yeah, that is, just like fucked with me. And then if you if you die, you got to start the whole sequence over and it's not short. Yeah, that part, you know? well, it's funny because I died like twice, but it wasn't even because of the enemies or anything. It's because like I fucked up a jump. Yeah, because the way, I, I, like, the way... That's enough. I wanted to say that, too, is that throughout the game. 75% of my deaths were due to fucking levitate. trying to levitate and like the controls like I would I was confused because I didn't know if I hit X to jump and then held it or held it right away and I would just yeah. cure chasms and stuff the controls for levitate took some getting used to and yeah. I like even toward, even in that last section I died multiple times and yeah like Delilah said you have to start over again and that bit was extremely frustrating it was super easy to just slaughter all those enemies but there were a lot of enemies and having to slaughter them over and over again got started to get a little annoying 
Yeah. Especially when you have the red shield flying motherfuckers coming to suicide bomb right at you, and they could kill you in one shot yeah. if if you don't like keep moving. Which I which I liked. I mean, I felt like overall, like the, the throughout the entire game, it was not easy, but like manageable, which is good for a game that doesn't have difficulty options. But yeah, once I got to that part, and then even more so at the end game with the bosses that you were talking about, Moss One and uh, S Edge, which is just Jesse, yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and Dark Jesse, if you will. This is like, and I guess this is this is we can jump off of boss fights. I think we're all in agreement that it was pretty. The, the whole game as a whole was pretty challenging, and. Um, well, I guess one last thing I'll say about boss fights is they were all like pretty varied in in terms of um you how you fight them yeah how you fight mm -hmm. them isn't the same like some of them you you have like there was one the, the the one moss hive that you had to fight you basically just had to go in a circle around the room and dodge as it like threw its tendrils at you while uh, keeping while also like grabbing these like bombs or whatever and launching them at it when it when it exposed like its eyes or whatever there's that other one that uh tomasi tomasi yeah like that 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 was a pretty tough fight but i think i did it on like my first try maybe my second try i did it on my second try it was yeah. easier than i thought it would be yeah. after i leveled up though and that one was like challenging because like he was tough he was quick he hit hard and he was constantly spawning more enemies coming at you yeah, um, like basically Moth, Moss 1, Moth, I keep saying Moss, uh, <laughs> was like the, the a big version of the Moth enemies. Uh, what are, are they? Mold, mold. Oh my God. What am I thinking? <laughs> it was a huge version of the mold enemy. I keep Wait, saying Moth. Were they called the mold? Yes, they were called the mold. Yeah, they were mold piss, because yes. Because, I, yeah, I because the thinking, Resident Evil 7... Yeah, I kept thinking yeah. of the mold. It's funny, they were actually called the mold. Yeah, they were called the mold. And so the mold boss was just like a big giant mold with like eyes that you had to like bomb out it of its body. Me, I don't know, it was weird. To go back to like Resident Evil, it reminded me of like Plant 42 from Resident Evil 1. Mm. It was just like this big ass plant with like tendrils and shit. And, um,. This obviously being a much more mobile version of that, but this this was a yeah like the, like all the bosses like sub like the the side quest bosses main quest bosses what have you they were all pretty varied and you didn't just have to employ the same strategy although ultimately like you you have the same toolkit that you're using against them you're using your guns and you're using launch most of the time but like there's different strategies that you have to employ to actually deal to to be able to use those to deal damage. Um, and I really appreciated that. Um, go ahead, Delana. Sorry. No, I was going to say, yeah, Tomasi was just essentially like a buffed up flying enemy, flying hiss enemy. What are, I can't remember what but these enemies like... are called. It's been so long. <laughs> but he's also like <laughs> spawning other people to come at you and, and shit like that. And you have to like, yeah, you start having to, uh, you know, use your shield to, to That's, block yeah, what he throws say, at that's you. That's the first time I use my shield. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of you have to do a lot of crowd management, mm -hmm. like in, in terms of you're not you're never just focusing on one target. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you have to be constantly mobile. You and you're also managing your resources. The gameplay overall, just even outside of the boss fights, um, it's is absolutely a, stellar. It's been a yes. long time. It, it, it's definitely the reason why you're playing the game. I, I at least I feel like it's that in the environment. To talk yeah. about, to to talk about the gameplay a little bit. It's been a long time, and Remedy did develop 
these these or um these two games but the gunplay and and the way the game plays overall reminded me a lot of Max Payne. Yeah, and that you run around. You, you you huh? I didn't play Max Payne. I, I I played it a long long time ago. Um, because both both of those are fairly old games, but or the first two I should say. Um, but the, just the sense of of running around, you don't have to like aim down the sights. You're constantly aiming while running and. And, and but you're also using the slow, mo- the slow motion to... Without the slow motion, because you're not really doing that in this game. But the gunplay, just as, just just the surface-level gunplay felt a lot like Max Payne. And I could I could see that DNA, uh, this being Remedy, and, and them, those two games being... The first two games in Max Payne being developed by Remedy. You could really see that Max Payne DNA coming through. The game had a lot of RPG elements, like with the, with the little... You could, like, put mods on guns and mods on your character i thought those were fine i feel like it's just another little yeah it was it was par for the course i the only critique i guess i would give is that kind of i i felt in terms of just the mods i felt like upgrading collecting resources and upgrading you know your service weapon and all the different forms and whatnot that was fine i felt like i never crafted once a mod um, I was finding all the best mods like out in the world and chests yeah. and, and getting, but like w- one criticism or, or one critique or, or suggestion, I guess is a better word I would have is instead of like constantly giving you the same mods over and over again, like why not just be like, okay, you have defeated this particular enemy or found this chest almost like Zelda, like, like you got this mod at this level and yeah. the next and then you find level four of that mod and it permanently replaces the level three of that mod. So you don't have to deal with like inventory space and you don't have to constantly go in your inventory and yeah, they had delete a, shit. I, th- mm-hmm. I think what they would need to do is have more um, static percentages for each level at that rate. They right. they kind of all had like a random arbitrary percentage within a range at each level. and Which was unnecessary because it was such a small difference. Yeah. And like I did do, I did do, uh, I did amount quite a bit of inventory management by just going through all my mods and being like, oh, this one's twenty seven. Oh, this is twenty eight. Okay, delete the twenty seven one. Yeah. Right. And like, wound up doing a lot, spending a lot of time on that. Even for mods that I never like knew I would likely never use, um, I still kept just in case. And there were some times where those did become useful. I think there was a a fight or two where I wound up like swapping out one of my personal mods to have like the one that um increased like launch launch cost efficiency so that mm-hmm. i could launch more without using up all my power meter oh that's um, the one i i had like the the prime one the level five one see my pretty early and i use that like the entire game my primary mods were like i wanted to have um the most health per pickup possible yeah um I had that one too. I think I can't even yeah. remember the other two that. That I was like the had. most useful one. That, yeah. I don't know how you got through the game without it, honestly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I kind of agree with you. Like having and it, what what was really frustrating is that that mod shop. Um, there was no guarantee you'd get a mod that you wanted slash needed, and eventually, yeah. like I was trying to put like, um, service weapon. Um, like certain exclusive mods per weapon, 
like like charge only mm-hmm. mods. I wanted to fill out my charge weapon with charge only mods because I felt like those were the most beneficial for that weapon. But like there was there was no guarantee I was ever going to get that mod. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess having some sort of guarantee that okay, I actually need this mod, make sure I get this one and that th- th- that never really happened. No, and I mean, thankfully, they dropped a lot. And like you said, Jason, I had no reason to craft ever yeah, um, it, until I hit level five. The best ones came from chests, I felt like. Like, those, there were random chests that you had to do a little, like, platforming. Yeah. They were almost like secrets and chests that you used key cards to get to in, like, locked rooms. Th- yep. That's where I found a lot of, like, the level five ones. I feel like yeah. I just found them everywhere. Like even just from like a, a fight a random enemy mob, and I'd get like a few, like one level five, a few level fours, couple level threes, maybe. Like I don't, I, I, I stopped paying attention to when I got them. I would just check like maybe once every ten to twenty minutes. Be like, oh, did I get anything? Did I get anything that's better than what I currently have equipped? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let me swap them out. Like that's kind of yeah. where I, how I just went through. Yeah, I think I think we all love the combat, but I do feel like this game at a certain point has a difficulty spike towards the very end. And I imagine a lot of people are not beating this game. Like maybe they'll get to the credits and then up to that red that red last sequence. Um, but I, I feel like a lot of people won't get through that sequence because it does really spike up and challenge. And, and to an extent, like I kind of find that refreshing. I like it, but I would just hate that, like, there's people out there that played this game until that point, and they're not able to see it through because it just got too hard, you know? Yeah. And, like, we might not be any of those people, but I imagine there are, I know people, actually, that they faced a wall at that specific part. And then they won't even get to experience the endgame bosses, which is some of the coolest bosses in the game. Yeah, and that's... Like, I get they're optional, but they're they're the best bosses in the game, and... And they're too hard. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do this um like five, ten minutes ago, and then we got heavily sidetracked talking about like two, three, four other things. But <laughs> that's a good segue to then go into talking about some of the like I let let's call it the mission structure, but I do want to talk about like side quests and other side content that you can come across besides like just the main missions. You can get those side missions and like some of them are given to you by a character where that you through a dialogue choice that you can just like select that and they'll give you the mission. It's like, okay, you can go do the mission. A lot of them were just like, I pick up a document and all of a sudden I have this new side mission. And like, well, like I found one of those that was in like a, a sensory deprivation chamber, like, like a sensory deprivation chamber, like room that had a bunch of those chambers. And I just like picked it up and I had to go get like these reels and then play the reels while in a sensory deprivation tank. And I just go on this, like, journey in this all-black world going through, like, sensory deprivation of this man, like, telling me, like, you see a bunch of trees. The trees are, they they want to love. And it's just, like, it's so bizarre, but it's, like, so many of those side missions just, like, introduce, like, new and weird and and cool things. A lot of those being the ones... Some of them introduce fucking required gameplay mechanics. Yeah, and you can and you can like miss them or not understand that you need to like go back and do that. A lot of those mm-hmm. side missions, those earlier side missions, they give you new powers like the evade power. The um, levitate was was part of the main story. What's the other one? Of that? Shield, shield, shield yeah. is totally like like I, you got that through a side mission. Granted, I like 
I don't think I ever use shield, but I like like the Lila and I were saying that the, the one boss you absolutely needed to. There were certain other instances where you needed to, or it would be really helpful to do so. But it was probably my least used power. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you got had some powers giving you, or some side missions giving you new powers. You had some side missions. Um. Probably my favorite side mission in the game is the mirror one. Oh, yeah. Where you go into the mirror and you're in this mirrored world and you have to fight Essage, which is Jesse backwards. And it's like a dark Jesse. Yeah. That's that was like the fucking coolest side mission, I think, in the entire game. It was so rad. Shadow Link. Like (laughs) this whole idea that like you, you listen to an audio recording and this person is speaking absolute gibberish and the lady doesn't understand. Then you go into the mirror world. You listen to the same recording and the lady's t- speaking gibberish and the guy is saying and the guy is saying don't go into the mirror he's like trying to warn the people mm-hmm. not to stay away from the mirror and like you actually understand and the whole thing is everything's mirrored so he's like talking back it's awesome yeah like there's so many side missions that just introduce new things new concepts new themes or whatever but they're just so brilliantly done and it's just for a side mission i yeah. loved it Yep, Absolutely I enjoyed it. the side missions more than the main mission. Yeah, like, <laughs> there was so much cool shit to be found in those side missions. Yeah, if this game wasn't so hard, I'd encourage everyone to platinum it because there's just so much more to get out of it than just beating the game. And all in all, um, like I think like the game is hard. It is a challenge, but I think it is still doable. Yeah. I don't think it's as gatekeepy <laughs> as like Dark Souls would be. No, no, not at all. Or Sekiro or or Bloodborne, you know, all from the same developer, ironically. But, like, <laughs> it's not as gatekeepy as, like, those games are. It is a challenging game. I, I will not say that it's not. But, like, it, I don't think it's that bad that it can't be overcome. Oh, no. I I beat Sekiro last night. And after fighting Ishin <laughs> Ashina, I'm like, I'll take a fucking moth mold one any day. <laughs> give me yes give me again. I actually find it, I <laughs> yeah. find it funny that... Delilah, you're you're talking about the game being different. Like you're a you're a hardcore Dark Souls person, and like I I didn't find this game to be that. I mean, there were there were definitely, it's definitely if you were to take all games today, I all think... modern games, it definitely falls on the more difficult side of the scale. But I didn't I didn't find it too challenging for me at all. I and think like, the problem, Jason, is you didn't do the side content. I, I didn't do like probably the hardcore like end game side content. Which is no, mostly... that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the entire game is fine, like challenge wise. It's like actually doable for any gamer up until the very end, and then the end game stuff. So I feel like some people are not going to beat the game, and even people that beat the game, if they try and go for the side stuff, I think it might be just be too hard, and there's no way to bump it down. You know, bump down the difficulty to like experience that, which is unfortunate because. That was some of the best fights and experiences and stories. I encourage anyone that has played this game and didn't do that side stuff, <laughs> Jason, uh, to go back and do that side stuff. It's, it's no, no. I, the only the only reason um, the the only thing I'll say about that is that, like, you're talking about how, how like there's some of your favorite missions and how cool they are. And it's like, that's great, but why wasn't that shit in the main thing? Uh, I agree. Like, I I don't necessarily think that it has to be. I don't 
again, uh, it goes it back to, to be, it goes but... back to what their goal was, was to have a narrative that was narrow and that was that was just pretty streamlined, short and easy to focus on. I think having more robust side content, but also having a narrative that you could just beeline through pretty quickly is great. I don't think, and I think there's lots of games that have. I mean, look at look at Witcher. The the the, the constant thing I hear about the Witcher three, a game that I am terrified to play because of the amount of content it is that's in that that's in that game. The one thing I mostly hear about that game is it doesn't really shine in its main story. It shines in its side quests. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't say that that stuff should yeah, be in the main game because it's the best part of the game. No, the that's dif- totally the difference, fine that that's part that, that that's the difference the is the that game, the main story, the difference is that the main story of the Witcher three actually has like character development and growth and arcs. But I, I will say this. Here's, here's what I'll say about control. Like I would agree with you in terms of like this, these side quests, if like the game was just it began with Jesse in the beginning of the game just walking into the FBC the Bureau of Control, and like at the beginning of the game it just starts with her as a director, and it's just like well, okay it wh- what and and like the game is basically instead of having like one drawn out narrative just be like episodic like okay what are our files for today, you know and like basically they're just it, it's just episodic little enclosed things kind of like almost like old pulp stories like comic but i feel like you need to have some sort of narrative to reach that point and that's kind of what that what this game was so maybe like if we do see a sequel that's what it'll be or that's what it could be that's it has the potential to be that but you still need again it has it has the potential i feel like i feel like going into it and being like oh what are our files for today boys it's just kind of like that that would make me care about the characters even less because there's just like no reason to grow from that. But you but you don't care about them at all to begin I, with. I, Mark. I, again, you you don't. I I will agree to this. All right, let me let me let me ask you a simple question. How does Jesse change from the beginning of the game to the I end? I understand what you're saying about character progression. I'm not arguing against you on that. She got a shield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she lost. She lost the best friend in her head. Um. <laughs> okay. She's, she's basically Link, except at least Link grows up in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. To your I, point, to wrap it I, up. Yeah, I, I didn't hate the game. I actually, like I said before, I lo- I don't want to I don't want to um, misinform. Like I loved this setting. I was just I was disappointed. Is all I'm saying. The game leaves more questions than answered. Yeah. Like there's no debate there, whether you like it or you don't like it. <laughs> There's a lots of questions. Fine. I loved the setting. I want them to take it and do more with it. I'm just, that's, that's my criticism. I'm mostly just sitting here defending Jessie as a character. I think she's better than you're giving her credit for. But She's fine. Let's move on from talking about Jessie. We keep going back to the same points. <laughs> like, um, so, I think I've said all I need to say about side missions. Uh, the other main like bit of side content, I guess, that there was was... Uh, the board countermeasures and the bureau alerts, which were just like board countermeasures were just like these mini missions you could grab and bureau alerts were just sort of dynamic. I stopped doing bureau alerts after I got the trophy for them. Me too. They, I, I, w- I wish I would have done them earlier just to get them over with. So I did them. I'm, I'm, I, I did all five that I needed for trophies as soon as I got them. And then like, I, like I'm in the middle of a mission. I don't want to go back to the executive sector so I can kill all these dudes. Okay. Yeah. So that's what time. it was. I don't I'll, have time be- for that. 
I'll be completely honest. I suspected when I saw them in my mission thing, the queue and the menu, I suspected because there was a timer that it wanted me to go back to wherever I was saying. I just didn't want to for that exact same reason. Mm-hmm. So I never even did one of them. I'm, I'm assuming it was just like kill a target here. Like go back to this they, place. They kind of varied. Like some of them were like some of them were like you had to defend other um, uh, bureau agents from like dying. You had to kill a specific target. You had to kill a certain number of en- of a specific enemy. Th- crap like that. And yeah, you had a time limit to get back to the area where they are and then fight them and do the thing. Yeah, yeah some it, it, of them were kind of unnecessary given that like you already have it's it's content uh, loading that's yeah, all it, it really it, is they're basically the same thing as um what do you call it the other the other rotating side quests you get from bureau the bureau of control the, the what board are countermeasures the board countermeasures yes they're basically the See, same thing just with countermeasures to me were more interesting just because like they were they were static missions you could grab and do as you go and yeah you get a reward and that's it. Bureau alerts, you get a reward for, but it just, it takes you out of what you're doing to go back to an old area and do a thing. That's really not all like some of them were a little hard at the beginning, but overall they're not that challenging and you get an award that may or may not be worth leaving what you were in the, again, leaving what you were in the middle of doing to go back to another area that you don't need to be in right now to do some, to do something. Right. I felt like at the end of the day, it was more about the resources you can get from it for, you know, upgrading your service weapon or whatever. Yeah. At the, at, at, and, but really, you didn't even need that, given the amount of resources no, and whatnot you, you got you go from back the main to, missions. Right. The, the, the main story takes you back to each sector multiple times. So it's like right. you're going back through those, getting the each each um, sector's uh, exclusive awards pretty often throughout the progression of the game so i didn't yeah really that's have any what problems. i just I, I just made sure whatever board sector or i'm sorry board uh countermeasures i had equipped were matched up with where i was in the story right and it got a little annoying because the, they they would they would kind of just be generated randomly and some of them would be like I think I'd be in a part where I'm like going through the story and like containment and every single board countermeasure would be like, kill this many enemies in executive branch. And I'm like, fuck. It's like, our, so there were like so many times where I would accept, delete, accept, delete, just to yeah. reshuffle. I wish there was like a shortcut to reshuffle everything so that you didn't they have felt, to. They do felt that. like fucking uh, Delilah. You, you were, they felt like the patrols in Destiny. Oh yeah, <laughs> at least those you did with people, and like it was fun to just like maul everyone, all the enemies. Yeah. But Jason, and you didn't have to go through a weird convoluted map. Like I felt like traversing through the Bureau of Federation was uh, sometimes jarring, especially because the map, like, like let's say you need to go to an area that's marked in yellow text. That's how you know where you need to go. But then there's a freaking locked door that you don't have access to and you have to find this roundabout way. There's no sense of like how to get to that area. So if you haven't unlocked it, it's kind of annoying to have to go back to then do this bureau or whatever the hell you you need to do. And multi-leveled, like multi-layered areas that have like multiple floors. It's not really delineated well on the map. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It, it it was a it was a little confusing. Um, there's a few points that I want to bring up real fast. Some some rapid fire points. 
Cool. One, Jason, remember how in like the old the podcast days of your you and I wouldn't be able to go like an episode without bringing up Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. Yeah, you replaced that with Destiny. Congratulations. <laughs> well, it's only because the, so many games have been incorporating gameplay yeah, elements I'm, from uh, these live services models. I don't, dis- so it... I don't disagree with you. I'm just pointing it out as a, as, as a, as a funny goof. Um, funny. My second point, Delilah brings up yellow text, and I want to take a moment to just talk about the style and presentation of this game, because holy shit, is the style of this game just so, so fucking smooth. Yeah. In terms, especially, like, the topography. Going into a new area, the HUD disappears, and just these big, bold white letters yeah. pop up, showing you the new area you're in, like, covering your entire screen, but you still have control over Jesse, and you're still able to walk it. Just, uh Great presentation. That just screams style to me. Um, the yellow text for missions, and just, like, I, the way that the, the font that you use in your menus and in your, any words that you have in your game can say a lot, and this game just nailed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I haven't seen a game this stylistically cool since like Persona 5. Oh. <laughs> like it's, um, it is just like I would have top to think, notch style. I would have to think on that, but I, I would agree it's somewhere there, in there. I, nothing I, I definitely... has stood out to Let's put it this way. Nothing has stood out to me and made my jaw drop like this since, since Persona 5. Yeah. In terms I, of just I, style and presentation. I, I do love the pulpy 1950s uh, G-Man look to everything, the way the agency is presented, the way everybody's outfits look. So it, again, it, it looks like the, just a generic 1950s agency that also happens to investigate fucking ghosts and extra dimensional shit and <laughs> the paranormal or paranatural. And I, I think at one hand, somebody makes an offhanded comment of how one of the offices like accidentally got, um, got filled with like a hundred gallons of water and a giant tiger shark during a meeting, and just everybody got eaten during the meeting. Like <laughs> again, like funny side shit like that. It, it it just makes it again. I loved this setting. Yeah, like Mark. Um, and then I guess the next thing to to, to go off of uh, Jason's last point there. We let's talk about the setting, the level design of the oldest house. Was the lo- oldest house a fun place to explore? I know we just mentioned like, especially like an area like research where there were lots of sta- like that first lobby is just like lots of staircases, lots of levels, lots of floors, and it got a little tough to tell on your map like where what where what was. But I still found it incredibly, especially after you get levitate exploring areas became so rewarding and fun to do there were tons and tons of secrets to find if you go looking for them yeah they're hidden areas and it will Mm -hmm. clearly tell you and if you find them too early like i did you'll get insta killed by (laughs) shit you didn't even know existed in the game or like a lot of them were just like safe areas that had like a chest and would give you a skill point for finding it like a lot of those hidden areas or all the hidden areas give you a skill point and it was a nice little way to reward you for being adventurous. 
Yeah, and just to paint a picture a little bit, in the central research uh, section, there's you start seeing the mold around the bathroom and like within like the bottom corner of it, and you're like, whoa, well, like what that? Why is there so much mold here and not everywhere else? And then you like see there's this like big gap all the way beneath yeah. you, and if you have the levitate, you could like jump down and then levitate before you hit the ground, uh, so you don't die. Um, and then it's just like a area full of mold that's like right like deep in the basement of the central research sector and it's huge. Um, i thought that was so cool yeah it's, it's a, huge yeah it's a huge area it has a couple secrets to find just in that area alone because it's it's just like it's like an entire basement to research and then it goes deeper which is where you fight fight mold one because yeah. then you have to go down another hole and it's like the 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 how deep it goes like you don't know until you get the levitate ability because you can't access these areas even the containment sector like you can hit the fourth floor with an elevator but then you can fly to the fifth floor and see the different objects of powers that are being contained like it's so fast i loved exploring it I, despite like feeling like that was so hitting, cool. like i hit roadblocks that was so cool when like you would encounter an elevator that you would think would be taking you down where you need to go and you find it's broken, and I'm like, all right, how the fuck do I get down? And then you realize, maybe I can drop down, and it looks so far. And I'm like, all right, I'll try, but I'll probably die. And then you realize, no, I'm straight up going to jump down and fucking fall down four stories and levitate at the last second. Yeah. Like, it's cool shit like that. And there were... Yeah. There were, yeah, there was lots of secret areas to find that were super uh, satisfying to find. One of the the, se- the one secret I want to bring up, I had to, I had, I actually found out about this by accident and wound up looking up uh, more about it and doing it. Um, did you, Delilah? Because I don't, uh, Jason, I, I have a feeling you didn't know about this, but Delilah, did you know about the fire TV like puzzle in? Um, maintenance no was it maintenance yeah fire tv puzzle so there were these crt televisions that had a fireplace playing on them and what you could do you know there's that area there's there's that furnace that you there's like a side yes burn like the barrels in the ati side quest Yeah. yeah so if you find all six of those crt tvs that have the like the fireplace on them and you take them to the furnace and you throw them in the furnace. And this is like an unmarked side quest. This is like a total secret that you can find. If you burn, or if you throw all six of those TVs in the furnace, you actually unlock this eternal fire mod that I think is for your, um, your most basic service weapon. um, The revolver kind of. Yeah. Pistol. It's for grip. Grip. Yeah. That like, Makes it so that as long as you're hitting something, like you don't use ammo. Oh, and it's like this totally unmarked side. Yeah, it's like this totally unmarked secret, totally unmarked side quest kind of thing that you can do and get like this awesome, unique mod. And it was like it was like the coolest fucking thing. Like there's so, and I'm sure there's like a ton of other little secrets that are throughout this game that I had no idea about. Um, and, and maybe even people haven't even discovered yet. It's just, it's mm-hmm. so cool how much shit is just hidden in this game. Um, one of the things I want to propel off of talking about secrets to, and this goes back to the Panopticon in containment, 
uh, how we were talking about, like you get to the fourth level and then like, you can find, after you get mm-hmm. levitate, you can find ways to go back up. There's a secret area you can find in there uh where you get one of the, you know those like moments where you get like trench talking to you and it's like down there's like multiple silhouettes of him and like a long line talking yeah. to you yeah you get that but with Alan Wake oh cool and Alan at least I'm pretty sure it's Alan Wake full disclosure I did not play Alan Wake it's always been on my list of games to play and I have not played it uh it's kind of hard to do that right now but um this being a game from Remedy, who also developed Alan Wake, they had a lot of connections to Alan Wake. Uh, there were notes talking about Bright Falls and and referring to events that happened in Alan Wake. So it seems like they might be gearing up for them to be in the same universe and for them to be oh. for there to be some sort of tie-in. Uh, I know I've seen discussions about it maybe being um, portrayed in one of the DLCs that are upcoming. Um, Excellent. But there is like an Alan Wake connection to be found. Uh, one of those secrets uh, kind of shows it with that whole silhouette talking to you kind of deal. Nice. Uh, and there's lots of notes. Uh, <laughs> lots of notes. Yeah, there's there were like at least four or five notes I talked about like Alan Wake stuff, and it was yeah. just like I don't know. I, I, I even though I haven't played Alan Wake, I thought that was cool as hell and kind of makes me more interested to f- finally get the game somehow and play it yeah. i wonder if uh i wonder if microsoft owns at least in part that ip they know remedy owns the ip but microsoft had the distribution i believe it it, it was taken off of the or remedy actually just recently got back the publishing rights <laughs> to the game but mm. it wasn't on the Xbox store and I think not on Steam for a period of time. I think it just recently came back to the Xbox marketplace. So mm. I think it's once again and and that was mostly also because of um licensing rights for music. Right. As is as is something that happens a lot with games that have licensed music. Once that license expired, if it's not renewed, the game has to be taken down because that music is present in the game. It's annoying. Yeah, and I think that's something that happened with Alan Wake and has since been resolved. That's why we have shitty MIDI files in place of orchestrated music in Dragon Quest XI, at least in the U.S. release on PS4. Oh, damn. So, yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to talk about with this game before we get to the final question? It, uh... Yeah. I, I just want to make a quick note about the environment. Uh, on paper describing it it sounds boring like it's a building and there's desks and lamps and things like that there's no like beautiful vistas or whatever you know which is which i really liked especially because the lighting in this game like you said the ray tracing yeah um it it just made everything look so beautiful and even when you're in the astral plane which there's an astral plane and astral chain too except this astral plane is is like a black like rock kind of like shiny black rock i was actually about and, to say real quick delilah what are you talking about there's no beautiful vistas the black rock quarry is gorgeous oh yeah that that was about yeah that was about the only one it had like a real starry looking sky or whatever the hell you want to call it um but but yeah in, in astral chain it was like crimson like structures or whatever i thought that was really a cool comparison especially that they came out around the same time um but yeah it, it was just beautiful like i was yeah i was like literally staring at ati's mop marks for like 
30 minutes like oh my god look at the way the light shines if i stand over here and then when i stand over here it was just beautiful yeah i think no matter what you were playing on that this game was a, a really gorgeous game and yeah it, it, like it, the, the setting does sound boring like you hear oh it's just in this it's just in this building like but, but you like, gotta think the you building think is of it, so it, it's almost like uh imagine imagine that sequence from inception when they're in the hotel and like it's fucking twisting around and imagine that with random bodies floating in the air and like extra dimensional infested demons popping in and out and shooting red shit at you and yeah there's just taking up chunks of the floor and desks and throwing it back at them like it it like I agree with Delilah. It sounds boring at first, but like when the entire level at certain points in the game starts literally flipping around and you're all of a sudden the ceiling becomes the floor for you. Like it, it really, you really get into it. That was something that I neglected to put in my history notes, but I did read about it was they, they fit, they changed their physics engine to, uh, for this game to be one that is much more, uh, dynamic uh, that that would fall more in line with what they wanted to accomplish with um, being able to just like grab things and throw them at enemies, enemies being able to hide behind things dynamically that are just like that have been moved from their original locations. You can like do a melee attack and like completely destroy a quarter of the room. Yeah, it's 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 crazy and it's it's really fun. I love it. Just taking a chunk of cement and like tossing it at a hiss's head. (laughs) So good. Yeah. Like if there's, if there's nothing nearby for you to just grab with launch, like it just rips a chunk of concrete out of the ground and trucks it. Yeah. It's like, it's nuts. Yeah. Really, really cool environment. And I miss, I miss having linear games where you're just like exploring a building and yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah. You don't need and to, like, go out into the open world. Although I am curious, like, how this is impacting the outside world. But I'm, I'm sure, like, maybe later games we'll, we'll see if it is at all. But I like how contained it was. Yeah. It's controlled. That's the name of the game, kind of. I have one question though to end this, unless there's something else you guys want to say. I got my no, I got I got my final question, but like, go ahead. Okay, what would your object of power be? Ooh, that's a good question. Jason's his vape. I was just gonna say that as he hits his vape. As he uh, as he takes it. It wouldn't be. It would be uh, be this, my lighter, oh. my Zippo. Oh. Is it, okay. Is it bad that I thought he was gonna grab his his uh his like half-eaten link amiibo? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. It's zombie this, zombie this, link. This is... destroyed toy that my dog decided to have for a snack. <laughs> yeah, just uh, for those for those who are unaware, I believe I explained in an earlier episode of Reap the Spoils. Uh, I do have in Ocarina of Time a, adult link amiibo playing the ocarina the titular ocarina of time and uh my my young puppy decided well she's not no longer a puppy but at the time she was decided while i was at work one day to bite the head off (laughs) so now i have a headless ocarina playing link uh, (laughs) with his head just chilling next to him (laughs) 
I would uh I would say my object of power would either be my backpack that I usually always have on me. Huh. I don't know, it would give me some ability of or it has like some ability of like it's a bag of holding or some shit, you know. What what yeah. or uh yeah. I mean, y'all know me. I wear a beanie every day. I think your beanie would definitely be your object of power. Goddamn hipster. (laughs) (laughs) Mine would be chapstick. Ooh. I'm constantly putting on chapstick since I was like a baby. But you run out of it eventually, so your object of power disappears. No, it's it's just unlimited. Endless chapstick. Endless chapstick. (laughs) It would just be the plastic tube. But what would it do? Would it like reinforce your lips? Because then you wouldn't need chapstick anymore. I don't know. It would give me some kind of like buff, kind of like how like cocaine does. If you like get a little bit, I don't know. I'm just I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> I don't do cocaine. I promise. I don't do any drugs. We except also, coffee. in addition to alcoholism, we also do not condone drug use. <laughs> no matter what Jason says. Um, yeah. Jay, are we ready for the final question that I have on here? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's your final question? It is Mark? not nearly as interesting as Delilah's display. Uh, so we probably should have ended on that one. Um, my final question is just, you know, we got more DLC coming, but what do you want to see from Remedy next? Do we want do we want a sequel to this game? Do we want maybe another Alan Wake? Because I know that's a big uh, game that people do, or a franchise that people don't want to see abandoned. Or do we want to just they've kind of been on a roll with new IPs in the past decade. Do we want to see them have a new IP come out? Uh, I think a new IP might be better unless they're actually going to explain shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so I know nothing about Alan Wake. I've never played it. Um, I didn't even surprise, realize it surprise. Had, I didn't even realize it had such a following. To be quite frank, um, that so given that, I, I don't. And especially because now they're they're not just publishing on Xbox, and I take it Alan Wake is kind of limited to Xbox. Um, I, I again, they they regained their publishing rights. They own the IP Remedy. That is, uh, I'm pretty sure the doors are wide open for them to do whatever they want. Okay, with them now. so maybe assuming uh, assuming that they were going to like republish the old Alan Wakes to try to widen the audience. Um, given that uh, control didn't, I would love personally to see more control and to see them actually like get a solid story in addition to expanding on the lore. Um, I have a feeling though, just because it didn't necessarily hit as hard as they would have liked, they might try to take what they've learned from it and do another IP. Mm. By hit as hard, do you just mean like, like it, the like sales wise? Yeah, okay. it, it didn't perform as well, well as I th- they might have hoped. I think the big problem with that was just you know, five hundred five games isn't a huge publisher, and therefore they don't have as much money as Sony, Microsoft, EA, Activision, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to throw at marketing, and this game wasn't very marketed like a lot of people did not know this game came out didn't really know much about this game uh i had no idea what it was until it came out and even then i didn't really know until i played it and i'm happy i did 
I'm happy that like a lot of a lot of games journalists, a lot of reviewers, a lot of people were so positive on this game that actually played it. They 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 were so positive on this game. It got me more interested. And then like I said to you guys once IGN announced that it was their game of the year, like hey, we shouldn't sleep on this one. And I'm so glad that I don't know about you guys, I'm so glad that we didn't. I'm so glad that we sat here and talked about this after playing it because I loved this game. I think I think yeah. I think that's pretty clear from the from this episode. I really really enjoy, from the fact that I'm like sitting here defending Jesse Fane's <laughs> honor. Um, I really really liked this game, and I'm I I I played it at the very end of December, pretty much right after we finished our our episode for games of the decade and talking about our games of 2019. Like I said, this would have been made my list if I had only played it like a week or two prior. Like this yeah. would have this would have made my list. I yeah. loved this game. Um. So I. Me that being too. said, I'd love to see more. And no, with, I'd like to see it with again being, um, seemingly tied in with the Alan Wake, um, universe. That would be interesting, and then, being, and then I would have to play Alan Wake. <laughs> right. It, this would be essentially become like a, a pre or a sequel in a way, just like kind of connected in some regards. You know, got to find out more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree that I I would personally like to see more control. Just you've you've set up a bunch of shit now. Explain it and give us a reason to care about the characters. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. Are we? Uh, are yeah. we done? We're done. Oh, can we? So I, 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 all I'll say. <laughs> Is my my famous oh yes Jason yes. Kwasnicki score Jason Kwasnicki score out of ten with five being average, I actually used the entire ten points of the scale. I would give this game a seven point five, which oh yeah sounds probably bad to people, but is actually pretty good. No, seven point five is good on my it, so seven... I rarely give I rarely give games above like a six at least in. Mm-hmm. In the history of this podcast, seven point five out seven point five what though? Out of ten? Yeah, seven point five what? Um, I don't know. Seven, Objects of power. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. See, that's what I want to hear. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to uh... seven point five shots of whiskey that hopefully those who haven't played the game have drank, so they forget this conversation ever happened yeah seven okay uh thank you for listening to this episode <laughs> of reap the spoils um we're starting uh, we, we've been doing this almost a year now uh this is our 11th episode of reap the spoils that means we've played 11 games and talked about them for your listening pleasure so if you want to go through a backlog if you're just getting into the show now or if you're continuing to listen to us and and play games in order to listen to us um half my condolences and half thank you Uh, you if you can... have, if you haven't listened, it's basically a lot of me and Mark disagreeing, and Delilah being like, oh, "These fucking shitheads." No. If, actually, <laughs> counterpoint: the Spider-Man episode. Um, oh, that's true. Where we, we're just like we all disagreed with you, including the audience. Um, <laughs> before I, before I finish wrapping up, Delilah, what, what's the next game that we're playing? 
Uh, wow, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, so we figured out that Delilah is literally the only person uh, in, in, this, in this crew that has played that game. And I've, I've finally come to terms with the fact that that's pretty shameful on my part. So Me too, yeah. I we, really, and I'm actually looking forward to playing it a lot. Yeah. Not even, it's a good game. It's like less because I'm excited to play it, more so I understand the discourse uh, surrounding that game. Right, because apparently it got some negative uh, feedback from fans. But, it's like it's uh, like because it's not Bioshock. It's like the basically. whole thing that apparently that game, like it was, it was lauded by critics, but like looking back, like no one really remembers much about that game except the ending. But anyway, uh, that is the next game. We'll we'll talk about that in a month. Um, that's the next game we're playing. So if you would like to listen to the next episode, go uh, play Bioshock Infinite and. Uh, see you in a month uh you can follow me on twitter at nibbleheimian it's like nibbleheim from final fantasy 7 and ian at the end nibbleheimian uh you can follow ian with an i or an e like who spells ian with an e you can follow delilah on twitter at assassina under or underscore son yeah yeah assassina underscore son that's ass ass yeah. Ina. Ina. Underscore. Yep. Sam. Um, <laughs> you, you can follow Jason on Twitter at Solid Quas. Wait, you forgot him. her. You forgot her Twitch channel. Go over there. Get a sticker. Oh yeah, I got, you got a sticker. <laughs> I still have the sticker on my uh, on my bottle. My bottle that I nice. to work every day. It's yeah, okay. I've washed it every night and I've had that thing for like two months now and it's that's still dope. Stuck in there. Yeah, that's, that's a quality sticker. Mine, okay? is still, <laughs> mine is still on my laptop and I gotta say I've washed my laptop you, too every day. You wash I, your laptop yeah, in a sink? Scrub it, scrub it with a sponge and that sticker's still sticking. <laughs> it's great. I ordered some holographic ones. I'm pretty excited about Ooh, it. Shit. Oh, shit. Oh, of course. After I get my... No, 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 Jason. She's going to hook, she's gonna hook her homies up. Don't worry. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll hook but yeah, homies up. Go go check out Delilah's Twitch stream. I'm pretty sure she has links on uh, on, on her Twitter. And what is it? It's an Assassina dash son on that one? Yeah. 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 Damn it. Can't Everything's decide. either a dash or an underscore. Can't decide between the hyphen and the underscore. <sighs> Just the audience can experiment. They'll figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you can follow like the, the channel, I guess, as a whole on Twitter at Dead Cell Media. If you enjoyed this, no matter where you're listening, if you're listening to it on YouTube, please give it a like. Please give us a, a subscribe. Uh, comment on the episode. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us that it's probably me. You think Jason is a big old dumb dumb alcoholic that condones terrible shit? <laughs> I don't really care. Just please let us know what you think. If you have any feedback, that'd be great. If you're listening to it on iTunes, rate the show, review the show. Um, that stuff will really help us in the long run. And share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with your kids. Share it with your pets. Maybe not your kids. Yeah, actually, we. Uh, I, I, I think I've said that same thing, and you've said the same rebuttal, and I'm going to say what I always say. Yeah, don't do that, because we say the fuck word a lot. Um, but yeah, please sh- share it with people. Um, we, we, we definitely want to reach as many people that'd be interested as possible. Tell um, your grandma that she's watching Jeopardy, and just let your grandma watch us. <laughs> That'll be great. Good Lord. Um, and yeah, we'll see you, uh, we'll see you in a month. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye Bye-bye now.